Welcome back to Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz. I'm your host, Chappie, and in today's episode, we'll be exploring the concept of seeing mythological creatures today. All right, let's jump right into the stories. All right, before we jump into some articles, I've got to say, it seems like on the news and on TikTok lately, it's just bizarre. Sometimes I wake up thinking I'm either in an episode of Jumanji or some sci-fi track. Like, when did I switch timelines to this crazy, wacky one? But this is the world we live in. So um, I was really intrigued by a couple of stories that I saw on uh, TikTok recently, one being the story from the Philippines that we'll get into in a moment, and then followed by a claim that China has found dinosaurs. And then there's, of course, the UFOs that we shot down that turned out not to be UFOs. All weird stuff. So let's jump right into it and see what the cryptids have been up to. All right, we're first going to start off with live science. Right, real or not. Imagine you're hiking in the woods when you hear a twig snap. Whirling around, you catch a glimpse of something large, large and hairy. Have you just sighted Bigfoot? Okay, probably not. But just because there's no such thing as Sasquatch doesn't mean there's no science behind some of the reported sightings of the beasts that never existed. Or animals that roam the earth but have long been extinct. Here are some hard-to-believe tales behind hard-to-believe creatures. The Tasmanian Tiger The Tasmanian Tiger's tail is one of woe. Once Australia's largest carnivorous marsupial, it was hunted to death after European settlers landed on the continent in the 1800s. The last Tasmanian tiger died in a zoo in Hobart, Australia in 1936. Or did it? An extremely long shot searching for the living Tasmanian tigers kicked up in 2017 after two plausible seeming reports that the animal had been seen in the wild. One observer was an employee of the Queensland Park Service and another an avid outdoorsman. A few months later, a group of Tasmanian tiger enthusiasts released a video they said showed a living tiger in the wild. However, experts were skeptical that the blurry images shown a real thylacine. If one of the dog-like marsupials is still out there, it hasn't presented proof of life just yet. Bigfoot is the big guy of crypto cryptozoology, the study of mythological beasts, this hairy humanoid seems to pop up everywhere. There are forests from Pennsylvania to the Pacific Northwest. Alas, there's no firm proof that towering ape men roam in remote areas. In 2008, a pair of Georgia, a pair from Georgia claimed to have a body of a Bigfoot in a chest freezer, along with DNA evidence of the species. But the DNA turned out to belong to an opossum, and the body was a crumpled up gorilla suit. DNA is a favorite tool of Bigfoot hunters, as it turns out. In 2012, a company called DNA Diagnostics claimed that a study under peer review had analyzed three Sasquatch DNA samples and found Bigfoot to be the love child of ancient Homo sapiens and an unknown primate species. When the paper finally did appear, however, 
It was in a brand new journal called De Novo, with only one article, the one about Bigfoot. As of 2018, De Novo had published just one other article, a piece by the same Bigfoot researcher about early Native American DNA, published in 2013. Mainstream scientists were not impressed, to say the least. So if Sasquatch is a case of hype over reality, what of the Bigfoot snowbound cousin, the Yeti? The Yeti is a legend of the Himalayan mountains. He is said to be six feet or seven feet tall, covered in dark hair. Scientific evidence of the Yeti has popped up occasionally from claims of mysterious footprints, probably bear tracks, in the Himalayas in 2007 by TV presenter Josh Gates to a clump of fur and a Yeti bed in Siberia found by a Russian team in 2011. These claims have led to big piles of nothing, except shameless self-promotion. In 2015, the Siberian Times reported that enterprising entrepreneurs had canned air from a Zaskaya cave where the Yeti evidence was supposedly found. For about $3, tourists could take home a breath of Yeti cave air. That sounds like a scam. Loch Ness Monster Another mythological monster that has provided ample opportunities for commercialization. Nessie is a lake creature said to live in the depths of Loch Ness in the Scottish Highlands. The murky, frigid lake is prime monster territory. It is up to 755 er, feet deep, 230 meters deep, providing plenty of space to hide. But Nessie's sightings are more often shown to be rotting logs or mere imagination or hoaxes. The most famous piece of Nessie evidence was a photograph taken in 1934, supposedly showing Nessie's long neck extending from the surface of Loch Ness. But this photo turned out to be a hoax, made with a toy submarine and a woody, and woody putty. Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. The Saola is a species that could be mistaken for a myth, but it's real. Sometimes known as the Asian unicorn, the Saola is a creature related to wild cattle that lives in remote areas of Vietnam and Laos. It is seldom seen and was only discovered in 1992. The evidence then? A single skull with a pair of long straight horns, according to a World Wildlife Fund. In 1999, a couple of Saolas were seen on camera traps, providing that they still survive in the wild. The next confirmed sighting wasn't until 2010, when villagers of Laos captured an adult male and brought it to an enclosure in their village. Sadly, the ordeal of captivity killed the Saola, but the incident did prove that the animal still survived in the region. There are no Saolas in captivity anywhere in the world, and the species is considered critically endangered. Mermaids? A lot of these we've actually done whole episodes on, so if I have, bear with me. Given all the weirdness that lurks in the ocean's depths, it's hard to fault early sailors for supposedly sighting half-fish, half-human mermaids. Some of these sightings persist in modern times, including a spate of sightings in the Israeli beach town of Kiryat Yam in 2009. Nothing ever came of them, despite a $1 million reward offered to the first person to snap a photo. A mermaid was also one of the sideshow entrepreneur P.T. Barnum's most famous hoaxes, Vampire Deer. It's a sight straight out of a horror movie, a deer with two long glistening fangs. 
And this vampire deer is no hoax. The Kashmir musk deer is real, but vanishingly rare. It lives in the Himalayas of northern India, Kashmir, and northern Afghanistan, and is considered endangered by the International Union for Conservative of Nature. This lifestyle of these rare deer is all but unknown, according to the IUCN. Villagers occasionally spot them during in scientific surveys, but nothing is known of the animal's habits or lifestyle, except that only the males have fangs. Studies, study of the animal has been stimmied by violence and unrest in Afghanistan. Researchers wrote a 2014 paper in the journal Oryx, the Chupacabra. It's hard not to love a mythological monster with the name like Goat Sucker. The Chupacabra is a legend of Central and South America with sightings reporting in the Caribbean and Texas. The creature gets its name from its alleged attack strategy of ensanguination of livestock. Alas, reports of El Chupacabra's existence seem to have been exaggerated, as sightings usually turn out to be coyotes or dogs with mange. In 2014, a couple in Texas shared a video of a hairless creature in a cage said to be a baby chupacabra. It was actually a mangy raccoon. The dense mountain forests of Southeast Asia aren't the only place where eerie unknown species lurk. For sheer biological mystery, there's no place like the oceans. There are, believe it or not, goblins down there. Goblin sharks, anyway. But you might rather run into a real goblin. These deep-sea sharks are rarely seen because they rarely come close to the surface. They have a long spear-like nose, protruding jaws, bearing dozens of spindly needle-sharp teeth. They typically seen off the coast of Japan, but they have shown up as accidental bycatch in fishermen's nests in the Gulf of Mexico. Most of the sharks are about 8 feet long, though one caught in the Gulf was a whopping 18 feet in length. Right? The Jersey Devil? A famous example of local lore, the Jersey Devil is said to bear the wings of a bat, a face of a horse, and a tail of a lizard. Not a creature you'd want to meet in the Dardic Alley. Luckily, the Jersey Devil is pure myth. The legend, according to the Pinelands Preservation Alliance in New Jersey, goes like this. Sometime in the 1700s, a thoroughly over it Mrs. Leeds cried out, Let it be the devil, upon discovering she was pregnant for the 13th time. In a careful what you wish for twist, the new baby was born with wings and a piercing screech. Ever since, it's threatened New Jersey towns and livestock. So the legend goes. The Jersey Devil is described quite differently in various sightings over the years. It's been subject to of one hoax. In 1909, an animal trainer glued bat wings and claws to an unfortunate kangaroo and charged visitors a mission to see it. Police in the Philippines are working to ease the fears of the residents in a city where reports of fearsome creature has been circulating. The strange incident began last Thursday evening in the community of Talisay when two girls reported seeing a bizarre creature perched on a house. According to witnesses, the creature had bat-like wings and was able to detach its body at the torso, which is a characteristic feature of the mythological creature known as a manengal in Philippine folklore. The girls were shaken by the encounter and reported the sighting to the police. Spreading like wildfire, a sight not to behold. 
The news of the sighting quickly spread, and soon the entire community was abuzz with talk of the Manangal. Several days after the initial sightings, reports emerged of another creature seen in a nearby town. This creature was described as having a human body, but the head that resembled a pig. The reports have added to the fears and concerns of the community, and local authorities began to take matters seriously, reports Coast to Coast. In an effort to calm residents, the authorities held a press conference to address the issue. They promised to investigate the reports and urged residents to report any unusual sightings or incidents to the police. They also advised residents to refrain from sharing rumors and hearsay about the Menengal, as this could cause unnecessary panic and fear. Meanwhile, the two witnesses who reported the sighting of the Menengal are said to be receiving counseling to help them deal with the trauma of the encounter. Local authorities have assured residents that they are taking the matter seriously and are doing everything they can to ensure the safety and well-being of the community. Despite this, rumors of the Menengal continue to circulate, and many residents are still on edge, fearful of encountering the creature in the dead of night. So who is the Menengal? The Menengal is a mythological creature from the Philippines folklore. It is typically described as a female monster or witch that can detach her upper body from her lower body and grow wings to fly at night in search of prey, usually pregnant women and their unborn children. The lower half of a menengal is said to stay behind and is vulnerable to attack during this time. To prevent the menengal from reattaching, salt or ash should be spread over the lower half of the body, or so the myth goes. The creature is said to have an aversion to garlic and to be vulnerable to sunlight, much like vampires, which can cause it to turn to ash. The legend of the menengal has been the subject of many Filipino horror films and still a part of Philippine culture. Menengals are a type of aswang, meaning evil spirit, with the name deriving from tangal, which means to remove. Similar creatures exist in Southeast Asia, such as the Penangal in Malaysia and the Krasu in Thailand, but they detach from their heads instead of their lower torso. In ancient Philippine culture, women held important positions as shaman priestesses, healers, midwives, and mediums, and some had a degree of sexual freedom. A seminal work by Kathleen Nadeau titled A Swang and Other Kinds of Witches, a cooperative analysis, examines the roots of Iswang folklore. The real fear of the Europeans may be based on the fear of uncontrollable women. In contrast, the fear in regional Southeast Asia may be of something or someone who may represent a danger to their children, Nadeau writes. An example of the chilling effect the Menengal had on local populations was witnessed in the 1992 elections. The Tondo district of Manila was consumed with rumors that a Menengal terrorizing the area, as reported by the Associated Press. The Chicago Tribune mentioned that many local women suffered miscarriages during this time and attributed them to the Menengal. In my village, no pregnant woman goes out after dark, Elvira Militante told the Chicago Tribune. All right, very cool. Very scary for those people. I always want to, like, talk to those witnesses and find out, like, you can tell me, you can tell me, you can tell me. I just want to know if stuff like this is real. 
did it really happen? I won't tell his soul. Did it really happen? Because <laughs> I feel like if they're making this up, it just it doesn't help our cause as humans. Like, them two saw something and then it not be real, you know? But if they did see something, maybe there's something to where all these mythological things came from. So I thought that was really cool. All right, next up is this other one that caught my eye. It is, I'm on futurism right now, but the president of Mexico posted a photo of what he claims is a mythological creature. Over the weekend, Mexican president Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador took to Twitter to share, seemingly in earnest, a fantastical image of a mythological Mayan creature hiding in a tree, which the president claimed to be have been captured just a few days prior by an engineer working on a tourism pet project. The Mayan train project, an extensive inner-city railway currently under construction in the Yucatan Peninsula, is nothing short of controversial. While the Obrador pushed infrastructure infrastructure initiative has been tooted as a means of boosting economic growth, preserving natural areas and ecosystems in the environment, and promoting tourism and safeguarding local indigenous cultures. The reality is that activists, locals, and scientists alike have slammed the build as a hastily approved environmental disaster. There will be more jobs for us to guide. Manuel Angel Diaz, a tourist guide in the area, told ABC News just a few weeks ago, but it is going to be a heavy blow to nature. Not the best press, and concerning for a project built on preserving the habitat and history of important indigenous land. But to that end, what better way to drum up a bit of support for controversial infrastructure development than claiming that an Alux a small mischievous Mayan sprite of lore, akin to the likes of elves and leprechauns, was just spotted hanging out by the soon-to-be train tracks. But it seems that Obrador would rather people pay attention to an almost certainly fictional creature. The photo was taken three days ago by an engineer. It appears to be an alux. The Mexican leader captioned the photo, adding the whimsical, Everything is mystical. If an alux, a legendary sprite, like being from Mayan mythology, said to spread luck, or if spurned chaos and illness, really was capturing really was captured chilling by the build, it would be very cool. Just one problem. Netizens were quick to call out that the fact that the very same photo, which according to the New York Times doesn't have any embedded metadata, has existed on the internet since at least 2021. In a word, yikes. The whole thing is bizarre, and while no one besides Oberdor himself can confirm what his intent here really was, there is more important context behind beyond just the train at play. As the Washington Post reports, tens of thousands of Mexican citizens took to the streets over the weekend to protest an Oberdor-approved bill that would dismantle the North American nation's National Electoral Institute, described by WAPO as pillar of Mexico's young democracy. If you throw a dead cat on the table, everyone's going to talk about the dead cat on the table, right? Northeastern University, London professor of politics and international relations, Pablo Calderon Martinez, who believes that Obrador was actually trying to draw attention away from the protests, 
told Washington Post. So that's what he does. He starts talking about the Alex, the mythical elf in the forest. Look, passing down mythologies is an important and necessary means of both celebrating and preserving indigenous histories. There is a chance, if slight, that doing so was Oberdor's only intention, though some Emerson-level media literary, literary literacy <laughs> cannot read errors. But considering many social and political controversies at play in the background, here, assuming that he didn't have any other motives, feels fairly naive. He's quite a savvy political player. Benjamin Smith, a professor of Latin American history at the University of Warwick in Britain, told Washington Post, I suppose you would see it as a clever way to show that the Mayan train is in some way approved of by the Mayan gods or something. All right. I did think that was cool because it came from, I wouldn't say a world leader, but a country's leader. So that would be pretty, pretty cool. Don't get me wrong. I would be the first one to stand up and be like, this is probably fake. <laughs> if like, I don't know, Great Britain or the United States or somebody posted about a mythological creature, like I would need to see it. I would need I would need proof. I would ask for proof. But it is kind of cool whenever some of these claims happen. It makes you think. It's a little whimsical, you know? But I do definitely think there were probably some ulterior motives going on with this one. But I digress. I don't know. Right like I said, I want to get him in a room and be like, just between you and me. Just between you and me. Is it real? <laughs> All right, let's see. There is a, uh, let me find it. All right, there is a TikTok going around right now, and it's just one lady. There's no other people claiming this, by the way. It's just one TikTok that everybody keeps referencing. And it's a lady talking about going and getting her nails done. Um, and while she's getting her nails done, the girl that's doing her nails is watching a Chinese uh, news station. And she saw something about dinosaurs on it. And so she asked the lady, what is that about? And she said basically that China found dinosaurs and they're keeping it on the down low. But... I scoured the internet <coughs> and TikTok, and the only people talking about that are people referencing this one lady's video. So until I see other people uh, or other news outlets or anything picking it up and like vouching that it's real, I'm going to call that one fake. <laughs> but still, you know, it's kind of that uh, crisis-y what world did I wake up in kind of mode, especially with all these uh, aliens and stuff that supposedly have been shot down. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so all of these uh, things entering our airspace is weird and could just be other countries flexing, like, look what we can do and get away with, or let's see the response time from the U.S. or anything like that. And I don't want to get too political but 
I find it odd that they were like, we don't know what these are. And then they couldn't find what they shot down. And they also happened to say, these things messed with our, you know, our jets that went after them. It messed with our controls. And then, like a week later, they came out and they were like, these things were all commercialized balloons that were not accounted for. They are not aliens. They are not UFOs. <laughs> and although, you know, I'm not going to just automatically be like, no, they're aliens. I'll die on that hill. At the same time, I'm like, mm, you were pretty concerned about them. I think our uh, system should tell you if it's a balloon or not. You went and go spend a, a million dollar rocket and <laughs> knock it out of the sky and then not find it. So it makes one a little conspiracy theorist. It makes it makes one think a little bit that that might be what's going on. But I digress. Um, let's take a break and get into some more cryptids and what they're up to lately. All right, so let's jump back into some articles. We go over to Belingup, where they have an article by Sarah Angela Almaden, Eight Creepy and Horrifying Mythological Monsters from Around the World. Which came first, the scary stories or the scary monsters? You can probably say that the scary stories people tell at midnight awaken the scary monsters that lurk in the dark corners of a big haunted mansion. Scary stories about scary monsters have been around for centuries, influencing culture and communities. They've also been tormenting and terrifying naughty children, innocent people, and cute squirrels for many a moons now. They can teach us valuable life lessons, or they're just purely horrifying tales that will keep us up for many nights. Have you heard of the legend of La Lorna? She is also referred to as the Weeping Woman and may often be seen wandering around air areas along the water while wailing over her dead children. Her story has been around for ages. The earliest record of it text dates all the way back to the 1550 in Mexico City. There are different versions of the La Lorna folklore told throughout Latin America. But one constant is that she always appears to be dressed in a flowing white, wet dress. There are other weeping ghosts besides La Lorna. There are also more dreadful and horrific monsters out there that prey on children and eat things like internal organs. They eat some pretty nasty stuff, you can say. But then again, they are monsters eating monster food. They're evil beasts with unlimited power, right? So what can you do about them? Well, simple. Learn about their stories, their powers, and their existence. Oh yes, even if their hair-raising stories make you want to hide and hibernate. Alright, the first one is about the Menungal. The only thing that it says here that we haven't mentioned already is sometimes the Menungal seduces men with her good looks. She lures them and takes them into a secret hiding place where she eats the heart, intestines, and their entorts internal organs throughout the night in order to stop a menungal from reattaching her body before sunrise you should sprinkle salt ash and crust crushed garlic on the remaining half of the body 
Greece, Chimera. Greek mythology describes the Chimera as a monster-like, fire-breathing female hybrid made of many different animal parts. The Greek mythological monster is the child of Typhon and Akita, and her sisters are Cerberus and something Hydra. She was a lion-like appearance and goat-like head, and a tail that ends in a snake's head. According to the Iliad, one of Homer's epic poems, the Chimera was raised by Aristarus, and she was described as she was of divine stock, not of men, in the forepart of a lion, in the hinder a serpent, and in the midst a ghost, breathing forth in terrible wise the might of a flaming fire. The king of Lycia sent Bellophon, the greatest hero and monster killer, the order to slay the fearsome Chimera in the hopes that the Chimera would kill Bellerophon instead. However, Bellerophon was victorious in slaying the Chimera with the help of his Pegasus. No recent sightings. Germany, there's the Alp. In German folklore, an Alp is a male creature that resembles a vampire but behaves more like an incubus and wears a magic hat that's called a Tarnkappa, that holds its powers. The mythological creature typically preys on women at night by manipulating their dreams. He prefers the flavor of breast milk and sucks the blood of men and young children. The Alp can shapeshift into a variety of creatures, including a cat, pig, dog, snake, and even a butterfly. Additionally, he also has an evil eye, whose gaze may bring any bad luck or sickness but hurting the evil eye will remove its evil desires. Some protections against the Alp include hiding a broomstick under a pillow, placing shoes next to a bed with the toes towards the door, hanging iron horseshoes from the bedpost, or placing a mirror on the chest. The Alp can also be successfully repelled by leaving the lights on at night. If it is discovered taking a nap during the day, it can be weakened by stuffing a lemon in its mouth. Who is going to find, who comes up with this stuff? <laughs> who is going to find a supernatural creature and pry its mouth open to stuff a lemon in there? <laughs> it better be sleeping. Ireland, there's the Banshee. According to Irish folklore, each family has a Banshee, a woman of the fairy who is supposed to weep piercingly and shout loudly when a family member passes away. Her scream, often referred to as a can, kaoing, or keening, serves as a warning that a family member should soon pass away. A banshee is a beautiful woman with long flowing hair, terrifyingly crimson eyes from her never-ending crying, and a gray shawl covering her green clothing. She is sometimes rumored to change into sweet singing virgin from a family that died young, with the task of foretelling the eventual doom of the earthly family. She can also be pictured as a woman hunched over next to the woods, weeping bitterly at night. All right, Scotland. Nukalav. Scotland is home of the most terrifying horse-like monster known as the Nukalavi or Nukalave often referred to as the devil of the sea, is a mythological creature with a skinless body, a head ten times the size of a man, 
a poisonous breath that is claimed to kill animals and wither crops, and wicked powers that can cause bad things to happen all over the islands. However, only an old spirit known as the Sea Mither, or the Mither of the Sea, is able to manage this terrifying beast throughout the summer. The beast is said to have come from the Norse and Orcadian folklore. Orcadian folklore. The mysterious Jobin documented some of the early Nakaliv sightings using Latin manuscripts while describing the Orkney island of Stronse in the 16th century. Ernest Marwick, an Orcadian writer and folklorist, thought that the evil sea creature is very alike the Norwegian Nook, the Nuggle of the Shetland, the shape-shifting Kelpie or Water Kelpie. Russia, Baba Yaga. The Baba Yaga is a supernatural witch who lives with two or three of her sisters in a magical house built on four movable and strong chicken legs in the forest. She looks like an aging, nasty ogress with a long nose that reaches the ceiling. In the morning, she rides a mortar that is powered by a pestle in one hand. She carries a silver birch broom, sometimes a mop, on the other to sweep away her tracks. She also summons swarms of black geese to fly through the air in search of children to take, cook, and eat. In some stories, the famous Slavic forest spirit is known to help people with their important tasks, but in other tales, she is said to kidnap and eat her prey, usually young children. Nevertheless, asking for Baba Yaga's guidance and assistance is frequently viewed as a dangerous and risky behavior. Malaysia, showing a picture of a girl at the end of a hallway looks like on a boat it's called Pontianak in Malay mythology a Pontianak is a vampiric ghost who is a woman who died while giving birth this spiteful and furious ghost usually after having caught her prey is commonly portrayed as a pale-skinned woman with long black hair that falls over her shoulders with sharp fingernails wearing a blood-smeared white dress. However, she can impersonate a very lovely woman in order to seduce her target, usually a man or a helpless person, into falling for her before ripping out their internal organs. Under the full moon, a Pontianak comes and makes her presence known with the cries of babies or with the sound of a feminine laughter. It is said that by listening to the sound, one can predict how close the Pontianak is. If the sound is loud, that indicates she is far away. But if the sound is quiet, that indicates she is somewhere close. Zulu. Toko Lashe Healy. The South African Toko Lashe, which resembles a gremlin, creates chaos wherever it goes. A Toko Lashe is considered to be summoned by witches, shamans, or anybody with magical powers. One method to keep in control of a takalashe is to cut the hair off of its eyes so it can see and to give it its favorite curdled milk. But if the wicked gremlin-like creature continues to torment the neighborhood, a witch doctor can use conventional magic to exercise it away. According to South African folklore, tokalashes are most in mostly invisible and can stay like this by sucking on a stone. Since they only attack at night and are mostly invisible, it is best to take measures to keep them away by scattering special blessed salts, known as tokolashe salts, along the door frames and window sills. Another way to prevent them from attacking is put bricks under the bed legs, although this will only protect the person lying on the bed.
All right, that was a couple of mythological stories. I always wonder where these stories come from, like who saw what when, and are they lying? <laughs> I am on American History or American Museum of Natural History, where they have an article, Are Myth- Mythic Creatures All Relics of the Past? It talks about the sightings of the chupacabra in the 1980s and early 1990s. Then it goes into if there's any evidence, but there's not. Out of this world, in many depictions, chupacabras look like aliens. Some people claim that they are the escape pets of alien visitors, escape genetic experiments, and naturally occurring giant vampire bats, or a kind of animal that somehow has escaped capture and detection. Bloodsuckers. Chupacabras are popular symbols of parts of the Americas. This man dressed up as a chupacabra and burned paper houses during the 1996 demonstration in Mexico City to protest the Mexican government home financing policies. That's all about the chupacabra. All right, we go to the North Lines. And I'll skip any of these that are repeats, but this is eight mythological creatures recently spotted in real life. All right. Mermaids, pixies, dragons. The evidence is there if you look hard enough. Think of the world's most mythical creatures, and your mind probably takes you to a time of old when fantastical stories traveled on the wind and embedded themselves in the minds of a far more gullible human race. We know better than that now, and an absence of proof is, to modern man, as good as proof of absence. But is it? If there's one lesson humanity should have learned repeatedly by now, it's that every time we think we know something for definite, we absolutely don't. No sooner has modern science looked at the evidence available and dismissed a theory, have new findings emerged to throw all the skepticism into question. All right, number eight is the mermaids in Kuryat Yam, Israel, that we've mentioned several times on this podcast. Ooh, this is a new one. Number seven, dragons. Powys, Wales, 2001. The dragons that adorned the the Welsh flag dates back hundreds of years to Roman emblemism and sadly has nothing to do with any sort of local legend or folklore. Coincidentally, though, the country has become something of a hotbed for sightings of the creatures in the last few decades. As recently as 2001, British naturalists working in a quarry in central Wales spotted a creature that they described as two and a half foot in length, serpentine dragon with four limbs and a head resembling that of a seahorse. Perhaps most fascinating of all, they reported that the creature was airborne, but didn't display any obvious wings. They observed the creature for about four minutes before it disappeared into one of the quarry's many adjacent caves. The story made it to an, into a number of reports, but has been largely dismissed as being fanciful. Despite this, several similar sightings of the creatures have been reported, all with consistent descriptions. Number six, unicorns. Caithness, Scotland, 2012. 
Scotland's northernmost territories have always inspired legends and folklore, most dating back hundreds and even thousands of years. But as recently as 2012, astonishing claims may have made have been made about a number of unicorns spotted in a large open plains of the region. Coming in the same year as the North Korean government publicly stating that a unicorn lair has been unearthed in the country, make of that what you will, hikers visiting the historic castle of Old Wick made a series of frenzied reports to the local town that had come across and subsequently startled a unicorn. The creature described as being a being as white and ethereal as you'd have imagined ran off towards Loch Hemprigs. Sightings since have been infrequent and equally as vague, but the town itself is still benefiting from a Loch Ness Monster-style tourist boost, with the visitors coming to try and catch a glimpse of the creature. Number five, a leprechaun. Surprisingly, Alabama, USA. In 2006, a camera crew from a local television station, WPMI, descended on LaCrin Street near UMS Wright in Mobile, Alabama, to investigate crowds massing in the area. Some members of the crowd soon told reporters that people had sighted a leprechaun hiding in a nearby tree. An amateur sketch of the diminutive Irish creature was produced, and this likeness, in combination with colorful interviews with local residents, helped to make the report an early viral video on then-new YouTube. Some believe the story was merely a prank played by residents at the expense of the news crew, and some, including the O'Reilly Factor, suggested that the popularity of the video played off racial prejudices. A follow-up investigation by Al.com in March 2015 featured an interview with a man who claimed to have been the first to see the leprechaun. He described the appearance of the creature as being a metamorphosis, with the mouth or nose appearing first, followed by the rest of the face. Since the infamous report, he has tweeted about sighting the leprechaun several times, reporting 70% visibility on one occasion in 2010. Number four, werewolves. Stoke, England, 2006. One man, conveniently without recording equipment, cited a mythical beast and pleaded, pleading with everyone to believe them is one thing. The UK Highways Agency getting a series of reports over a number of years about a werewolf dodging cars attempting to cross a main road between two patches of forest is quite another. In Stoke, a small city in England's Midlands, Cases dated back as far as the 1975, as recently as 2006, have seen motorists making panicked phone calls regarding a half-man, half-wolf creature near the 10A junction of the M6 motorway. Most recently, a man in the Stoke Sentinel, described only as Martin, gave a vivid description of a tall, black, wolf-like creature on two legs, which bounded across the road, nearly missing his car before disappearing into the forest by the roadside. Calls have since been made for more camera equipment to be placed on this stretch to verify the stories and shed light on this creature. Yet another one that's out of place. Number three, the Yeti, Pyrenees, Spain, 2016. Second only to catastrophic avalanche or possibly food poisoning, 
The one thing you don't want to come across on your holiday to a remote cabin up in the mountain is a Yeti. Said to walk six feet tall with the power to tear most men in two, the creature has been alleged to inhabit the area of dense forest around the world. The most recent sighting comes from Pyrenees Mountains in the French-Spanish border. Taking the video on his mobile phone, the unnamed man captured several uninterrupted seconds of the creature moving between the tree line before posting to social media to ask what it was. Naturally, the post sparked a huge fervor and minor panic, with a spokesman for the Araman Ski Resort, where the sighting occurred, publicly stating that a full search of the surrounding area was underway, and to reassure residents and holidaymakers that there was nothing to worry about. Investigations of the area remains ongoing. Number two, you don't hear about these a lot, Pixies, Cornwall, UK, 26, or 2015. Perhaps the most famous sighting of any mythical creature was that of the Cottingley Fairies in the 1920s, a series of photographs that, though image manipulation that was well in advance for its time, managed to fool the entire world. As such, sightings of tiny winged fairies and pixies has been treated with almost total disdain and skepticism ever since. However, in 2015, a bird of prey rescue center in Cornwall was clearing out its falcon nests when they stumbled across a shocking piece of physical evidence, specifically a partly decomposed skeleton of a human, albeit one mere inches tall. The remains were taken to two local podcast, podcast hosts, one, a prop designer, responsible for his own fairy hoax some years previous, and both were unable to explain the bones. The remains have since been sent for proper scrutiny and identifying, but at the time of writing, no conclusive verdict has ever been given over their legitimacy or otherwise. El Chupacabra, again, Texas, USA, 2007. Right. The most definitive sighting comes from Texas, where Phyllis Kenyon made first local, then national, and finally global news when she found the remains of an unidentified dead animal outside her ranch. Dog-like in appearance, but with the face and body structure that didn't match any known or native species. The creature was identified as having killed a number of chickens and goats in the area. Upon further explanation, wildlife officials refused to officially recognize this creature as El Chupacabra, and the case remains open. Alright, very cool article. Alright, so this other article I came across basically is saying that there's something cited in all 50 states that would be considered a mythical creature. And the reports go back to colonial times all the way to modern day. So for anybody that would like to see that list, I'll make sure to save it and put it up on our Facebook page. Um, but I do think this would be a cool episode in and of itself. Um, just to name a few, there are Alabama for a white thing, Alaska, the Tizherek, Arizona, the Mongolian monster, 
Arkansas, the Fook Monster. California, the Tahoe Tessie. Colorado, the Slide Rock Bolter. Connecticut, the Melon Heads. Delaware, the Merman. Florida, the Skunk Ape. Just to name a few. All right. That's crazy. That is so many cryptids. <laughs> I'll have to do an episode on just American cryptids. Because there's so many. What's Kentucky? Oh, yeah. The Kelly Little Green Men. I think I've talked about those before. The uh, little Hopkinsville Goblins. I think that's what they're talking about. All right, I digress. Let's take a little break and get right back into the articles after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, jumping right back into the stories. We go over to the UT... Daily Beacon, where they have an article by Connor Holt, Five Modern Cryptids and Urban Legends to Look Out For. All right. Of course, there's Slenderman, which has been mentioned on the Slenderman episode and the Imaginary Friends episode, so we'll skip that. The Mothman, one of my favorites. Um, It always talks about Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And the bridge collapse, but it never talks about the other lore of like where it was seen above Chernobyl and the Fukushima meltdown and all that kind of stuff is like a harbinger of doom, like almost like a warning. But yeah, I digress. Let's see. Siren Head. That one's a little bit more YouTube video manipulation, I think, for me. But I'll go ahead and read what they have about it. Unlike most, Siren Head has definitive origins that never got blurred, but this didn't stop a lot of impressionable children from believing it was real. The Siren Head is a humanoid creature as tall as a telephone pole. Its head, though, is loud sirens. Created by Canadian artist Trevor Henderson in 2018, fake Siren Head videos, photos, and stories galvanized across the internet at speed of light. TikTok and YouTube became popular hubs for these videos, and those unaware of him, children, thought the videos to be real. This became so prevalent, people even requested the paranormal investigator Brittany Crabb make a video on the topic. While his lore as a wandering predator are terrifying, the video sightings equally so. It's perhaps the most absurd of those on this list thus far. So it is fake. (laughs) Um, The Black-Eyed Children. I did a whole episode on them. They creep me out to this day. I will go to the back door to let my dog out at night. And I'm like, please don't let me see some child out of place asking to use my telegraph. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, the Fresno Nightcrawlers. Okay, this is one I've never covered, ever. Um, the Fresno Nightcrawlers were first spotted on the home security camera of Fresno Native in the 2000s. This little guy, these little guys are purely white, long-legged, but only reaching about four feet tall and have small heads. The only thing they've been reported to do is walk around at night, thus the name Nightcrawler. But they're still spooky and unexplainable as a natural creature. The most common example of for them is being aliens, but a hoax through puppetry is also a common explanation, as later sightings have been. Only two sightings have been confirmed and not debunked, the first in Fresno and the other at Yosemite National Park, both in California. However, one man has claimed to have seen them as far away as Poland. These nocturnal entities usually resemble the Carmel area creature once spotted in Ohio, or rather that creature resembles them. Very cool. Keeping on going. All right. And of course, I gotta mention the the South and strange sightings in the Gulf Coast region. Because there's a lot of creepy stuff that happens in the South. Monsters, cryptids, and other legends of the Bayou State. Or are they legend at all? By Alexander Kennon. From a Sasquatch lurking in the woods of northwest Louisiana to a feral girl roaming Catahoula Parish to aliens in Pascagoula, the Gulf Coast region has encountered its fair share of bizarre and often inexplicable monster sightings. In the spirit of Halloween, here are some more notable and bone-chilling cryptid encounters that have been reported from the piney forests and murky swamps of our mysterious state. Right, Bigfoot in Louisiana. Is Bigfoot really in Louisiana? The Wild Woman of Doug Demona and other Sasquatch encounters. The creature is said to have a humanoid face, stands between six and eight feet tall, is covered in dark or reddish hair, and smells to high heaven. Bigfoot tracks usually have five toes, but researchers claim that in northwest Louisiana and east Texas they often have three toes with one bulbous big toe and two smaller ones. Bigfoot, the historical record. Sightings of a giant, hairy, bipedal animal predate the modern era. Although with easy range, the hunter decided to capture the wild man rather than shoot him. It was a bad idea. According to the newspaper, the wild man bounded upon him, dragged him from the saddle, and tore him in a dreadful manner, gouging one of his eyes and biting a large piece of his shoulder. Then he threw the saddle and bridle from the horse and mounted. He set off for the mountains at full speed, guiding the horse with a piece of sapling. That was from Terry Jones. I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> the Honey Island Swamp Monster prey of a different kind. In a remote corner of Honey Island Swamp, two sportsmen made a controversial discovery. Ford never stopped searching for the monster, but retreated from the public eye following the criticism. His wife Yvonne found a video he recorded in the attic after his death in 1980, a grainy 8mm footage of what looks like a large man covered in hair, 
walking between rows of trees in the foreground. The family also found a letter Ford wrote describing his encounters, clearly meant for publication, but boxed up along with the plaster casts and the video footage. If Ford invented the swamp monster for notoriety or hunting rights, why did he hide the majority of his evidence? By Megan Holmes. All right. Rougarous and Sackabillies. I know I've talked about Rougarous before. All right. I might have left the likes of the loop guru in childhood had Betsy not become our na- next-door neighbor. Betsy's child, Bugaboo, was the Sackabilly, a creature her grandmother May said lurked in the Pensacola night. May was intentionally vague when it came to describing the Sackabilly. She liked misbehaving children who provide their own horrific details. Someone bad moving around in the night with a sack was a good start. I don't know what that was even about, but that sounded creepy. <laughs> wild People of the Woods The Wild Girl of Catahoula Newspapers in the late 19th century frequently reported on a mysterious Louisiana Louisiana figure known as the Wild Girl of Catahoula. Much like today's Bigfoot sightings, newspapers in the late 19th century frequently reported on a mysterious Louisiana figure known as the Wild Girl of Catahoula. No one ever discovered the Wild Girl's identity, although some speculated she was the abandoned child of a gypsy woman who once lived in the area with two girls. One of the children was reportedly deformed, and the Wild Girl's footprints indicated she had a club foot. Louisiana's Wild Men. For whatever reason, reports of feral humans was somewhat common in the 19th century. Fletcher claimed that Betty McCrew and her little brother were walking on the road when they saw a nude man standing nearby. The wild man screamed when he spotted the siblings and ran into the woods. Later in the day, another man spotted him again on the same road and gave chase but lost him in the woods. Apparently, the stranger was never seen again, and the newspaper reported, Whether the man is a lunatic or some wild human being, no one knows. Sea Monsters Nessie's Southern Cousins An early sea serpent sighting occurred during the Civil War when Union forces occupied Ship Island, Mississippi. Major H.P. Rizuis was part of the garrison and recalled how eight monster fish swam into harbor during the summer of 1864. Aliens in Pascagoula Nearly 50 years after becoming one of the most credible alien abductees in history, Calvin Parker shares his story. There was three bulky-looking creatures. I still don't know what they were. That was coming towards us. By the time they got to us, I still couldn't see, for the light was so bright. Parker describes two of the creatures grabbing Hickson, and one grabbing him, and that's when it carried me aboard the craft. There's the chupacabra again. So here we are, betwixt chupacabras migrating from east to west with a rumor of chupacabra shot in Woodville, Mississippi, followed by a shooting in Simpson County, substantiated by photos of the body and close up on its double canine fangs. Current sightings range from Maine to Chile. 
knowing no boundaries, and seeing the world as their metaphorical oyster to suck. They're now reported in Russia and the Philippines. Southern Vampires The evolution of the modern vampire. A taste of apotropic in the South. A woman screams, shrill vibrations skipping into the night like a deftly tossed stone over water. Night swallows one man and then another, like low-hanging fruit, leaving the rest of the pack in confused panic. The woman screams again, visible now under dancing light as she flees some violent scene, her clothes ripped at the level of exposure proportionate to standards of her time. In aftermath, someone suggests vampirism, a condition dripping with superstition and misfortune, and repeats it, but none of them are reliable witnesses. Vampire Kits One fine wooden chest of Latin American origin, said to have been owned by author Anne Rice, is now in the St. Francisville area, fully equipped with dogwood stakes and mallet, silver dagger, small double-barrel pistol made in Buenos Aires with two silver bullets, holy water, two Bibles, two crucifixes, a rosary, a mirror, and other tools for dealing with vampires. All right, very cool. That was from Country Roads Magazine. The Monster That Everyone Saw But No One Cared to Talk About by Colin Dickey. A rainy early spring day in Gloucester, Massachusetts, the whole town seemed to be holding its breath for the tourist season, just about to begin. For months now, the town had sheltered in place during the winter, like any seaside town would. Half the house is empty, and the businesses with reduced hours. Any weekend now, though, the tourists will be back, breathing life once more into Cape Ann. Down on Cressy Beach, on the shoal of rocks beneath a promen promontory, there is a mural of the sea serpent. On a large boulder that marks the end of the beach, a loosely coiled creature that looks a bit like an ampersand on the Dungeons and Dragons loco, it has four stubby legs, each with ferocious claws and a long jaw and red silver tongue. Robert Stevenson had only graduated from high school when he painted the beast in 1955, before joining the army. After he retired, he returned to Gloucestershire and formally began his training as a painter and became a local fixture until his death in 2013. Stevenson's Sea Serpent mural, likewise, has become a fixture of the community, perhaps more so than the monster itself. And truth be told, it looks very little like the description recorded during the 1817 summer, whose dominating feature was the humping or the humps rising out of the water. This serpent, its long body spilling onto itself like a pile of rigging, lacks the simple elegance, though it has its own dragon-like charm. No one here wants to talk about the sea serpent. The docent at the Marine Maritime Museum has heard about it, of course. Everyone has. But it's some, just some local legend. It doesn't mean anything. At two different bookstores I stop into, nobody knows much about the sea serpent. But they both point to the Wayne Suonis, the Gloucester Sea Serpent. It is everywhere. Books are sold. It seems to be all 
Gloucester wants to say about their sea serpent. Soini refers to the box, botched taxonomy job by the New England Lineman Society as a flop because the, the cove snake distracted and confused the committee. They lost their chance at scientific acclaim. The story of the sea serpent has been a story of a committee duped by a rickety snake and limitations of taxonomy. But the sea serpent's tale is more than just a failure. A series of discussion on cryptozoology should have been the Gloucester sea serpent front and center. It may not have the pull of Nessie or Bigfoot or even Lake Champlain's champ. It doesn't even have the diminutive nickname. It's just the sea serpent. But it is, I think it's fair to say, special. Most cryptid sightings are one-on-one encounters. Someone alone at night, on a backcountry road or isolated woods. Sometimes it's a small group. Maybe there's a fuzzy photograph, but soon enough the creature vanishes, never to return. But the Gloucester sea serpent was different. Scores of people saw it. People came from all over, gathered on the shore to gawk, and there it was. Visible from shore or from a boat, especially as expected. Different people on different days, all independently, all with more or less the same basic descriptions. No other cryptid in the long history of such beasts can can boast such visibility. Not Bigfoot, not Nessie. Whatever it was, it was not a hoax or hallucination. The Gloucester Sea Serpent faded from memory because the New England Lineman Society got it wrong, creating a new species based on a snake plagued by rickets. When their error was exposed, the original sightings, it seemed, were forgotten. But while Jacob Bigelow's analysis of the rickety snake disproved the hollow-type specimen, Bigelow didn't disprove the sightings themselves. The people who saw the sea serpent all agreed it was much bigger than a normal snake anyway. The sightings defy all the modern tropes for cryptid sightings, and yet the sea serpent has none of the cachet that other cryptids do. It seems possible a rationalist could argue that it was our oarfish and some other animal that since has been cataloged. It would have been impossible to know for sure, of course, since we have nothing but those eyewitness reports. But this is a good story as cryptozoologists are likely to find in terms of preponderance of evidence. Why doesn't it get more love? 200 miles north of here, there might be an answer. Lauren Coleman's International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine, remains the hub for all things Sasquatch and Nessie, as it has since 2003. It's moved locations over the years, but is now situated in a relatively new development called Thompson's Point. There's a wine bar and a taco joint and a pretty busy brunch spot along the adjacent corner or concert venue. It feels like one of the, those shopping nightlife destinations that hasn't quite materialized yet. Inside the narrow museum, doesn't occupy much square footage, but is crammed to the gills with stuff. The Jersey Devil, the New England's water monsters, all manner of wild men are represented here. Disappointingly, though, a good deal of the exhibits are pop culture ephemera, action figures, lunchboxes, movie posters, which tends to overwhelm the newspaper clippings and other evidence. At times, it feels like one is in a comic book store rather than a museum. 
There are a few cast footprints, grainy photos here and there, but it's best not to visit the International Cryptozoology Museum, hoping to be convinced by the preponderance of documentation. All right, we go over to Next Vacay, where they have mythical vacations. Um, so they give you the place, of course, Ireland, and the dates, um, 1649, 1816, etc., for the Banshee. Elves were recently spotted in Iceland, uh, last sighting in 2022. Elves have been seen three times in recent years, with all sightings occurring in Iceland. There were two recorded sightings of so-called elf palaces in 2019, occurring in, it's a really long name and I don't want to mess it up, <laughs> but it starts with a B. Um, and then, yeah, I'm not messing up those names. Those are really long names. In these places, people claim to be, to have seen ships bringing goods for the elves to buy in a market. More recently, many have gone on an elf walk led by Sigurbor Karlsdottir in the town of Hefnagfjör. <laughs> I'm so sorry about these names. <laughs> Where tourists can see signs of elf life. Alright, werewolves as a European species, apparently. The last sighting being England in 2007. Many years passed between the first werewolf sighting and the most recent one. In 1573, there was a tale of a hermit called Gilles Garnier living on the outskirts of Dole, France. Garnier terrorized the town, killing two boys and two girls in gruesome ways. He told the court that a demon had given him an ointment, which transformed him into a wolf, thus making his old feeble body better able to hunt. More recently, sightings have included far less gore. In two... 2007, the West Midlands Ghost Club reported a werewolf-type creature in Canic Chase Fork. Maybe you could be the next one to spot such a beast. We've talked about the Scottish unicorns. They've seen, been seen as late as Scotland 2014. Mermaids have been spotted six times. From Indonesia in 1943 to Zimbabwe in 2012. Fairies haven't been seen since the 80s. Alright, poor fairies. Uh, vampire uh, started in Romania in 1448 and was last seen in the USA in 2015. Let's read what they have to say about that. Vampires have allegedly been seen all around the world, with seven sightings recorded since 1448, the earliest being in Transylvania, of course. The tale of Dracula is well known around the world, but there are vampires spotted even today, with the controversial blood-drinking New Orleans community living their lives as we speak. The community tends to keep to themselves, but if you pay them a visit, we're sure you'd, they'd be happy to chat with you. Uh, the Yeti, Nepal, 2019. Leprechaun in Ireland or Alabama. We've already mentioned that. The last sighting was of a leprechaun was in Ireland in 2020. Right. 
More recently, in 2020, there was another Irish sighting by two sisters claiming to have spotted a leprechaun in the Cretlow Woods. So if you hope to see one of the gold-toting beings for yourself, plan a venture to one of these two places. They're talking about Ireland or Alabama. <laughs> Chupacabras causing havoc in Americas. Last one seen is the U.S. 2007. First sighting was in Puerto Rico in 1995. Total number of sightings is eight. All right. The countries that believe in mythological creatures the most. Uh, this is a hard one. I don't know how they made this list. Depends on what they believe. All right. Canada, uh, the Yeti, the Kappa, and the Bigfoot. And they've been on thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of searches. United States, the Wendigo, the Werewolf, the Chupacabra, and the Skunk Ape, all with hundreds of thousands of searches. Guyana, the Jumbie, about 180 searches. Argentina, the Ninjin, thousands of searches. Uh, Spain, the Kraken, thousands of searches. Ireland, fairies, leprechauns, and banshees, thousands of searches. United Kingdom, unicorns and gins, hundreds of thousands of searches. Croatia, the elf, thousands of searches. Malaysia, the vampire, thousands of searches. Australia, the dragon, the mermaid, and the bunyip. Hundreds of thousands of searches. So, yeah. That's pretty crazy. The United States believes in werewolves and wendigos. Despite wendigos mainly being spotted in Canada, the United States can't get enough of them. All over the country, wendigo-related search terms are looked up 909,600 times per month on average. To save you on the search, a wendigo is a creature or evil spirit that possesses human beings. So if you see one, run the other way. Werewolves are another popular cryptid in the United States, being searched an average of 770,400 times in a month. Whether they exist or don't, the U.S. is clearly very interested in the idea of a man-wolf hybrid. The United Kingdom searches the most for unicorns, with their search ratings 350,320 times a month. Uh, the country sports its fair share of alleged sightings. So it could be the residents are searching online in hopes that there's been a unicorn seen somewhere near them. Canada is apparently a huge fan of the Yeti, with searches 271,650 times a month. Australia searches a lot for dragons and mermaids, over 186,220 times a month. And this is largely due to mermaids existing in Aborigine folklore, perhaps explaining why their search numbers are so high. If we were mermaids, we certainly wouldn't mind living in the oceans around Australia. Judging by the size of some of the animals in Australia, including lizards, we wouldn't be too shocked if a real-life dragon was there either. <sighs> there are so many things in Australia that can hurt and kill you. <laughs> I know people love it there, but 
I saw some of the spiders and I was like, nope, nope. They have spiders and snakes. Nope, I'm out. <laughs> All right. Malaysia wants you to know everything about vampires, with their average being 82,460 searches for vampire-related terms. All right. Also, the Malaysian ghost myth called the Pengalan, taking form of a floating disembodied head. If that were rumored to exist where we live, it would be on our minds 24-7 too. All right, jumping right back into the stories. All right, this one caught my eye. It was uh, six creepy creepids called Wisconsin home. So it's just one state. The Beast of Bray Road. This is one of the most well-known creatures on our list. The elusive apparition is said to roam the areas of Bray Road located just outside of the town of Elkhorn. This werewolf cryptid has had several sightings in the 1990s, with local newspapers reporting on the topic, and even eventually gaining some national news attention as the most popular werewolf sighting in the United States. Many are skeptical of its existence, and others say it has been confused with other folklore monsters such as a Wisconsin Bigfoot or a Wendigo. If you are interested yourself, then maybe you'll have to take a trip over to Bray Road at night and see for yourself. Lake Winnebago, water monster, Lake Winnebago. Ever take a good look at a sturgeon before? There are some massive prehistoric fish that can be very intimidating up close and in person. The combination of its size and roots makes some creative folklore, such as the inspiration for the Lake Winnebago water monster. Some say it's a sea serpent, others say it's a colossal sturgeon. If there's one thing we know, it's that there's a lot of mystery shrouded in this beast. Many fishermen continue to track the creature in hopes of catching it one day and proving its existence. Thunderbirds. I've always found Thunderbirds very fascinating. Thunderbirds have been described as a massive avian raptor by the Menomini tribe. The native story tells of a great mountain that floats in the western sky where Thunderbirds gather. These giant birds are also one of the most applauded monsters on this list, according to their legends, which tell how the birds were the enemies of the great horned snakes. They would prevent the snakes from overrunning the earth and devouring mankind, according to the Menomini folklore. Sorry if I messed up on that name. Strong evidence shows that these creatures no longer exist, but fossil records say massive birds were likely residing in North America during early periods of human history. Number four, Devil's Lake Monster, Baraboo. You don't earn the name Devil's Lake for no reason. Originally, the lake was referred to as Midewakan, or Bad Spirit Lake, by the local Nakoda Sioux for its deep, cold, salt-infested waters. Native Americans would send out scouts and warriors onto the lake for hunting trips, only to hear screams with other tribesmen telling how they saw the hunters dragged underneath into the brackish water by octopus-like tentacles. Other sightings by the Nakoda reported huge Loch Ness-like fish monster in the lake as well. Festivals quickly became an annual tradition to appease these giant monsters and continue to held to this day. 
Number five, the Hodag, Rhinelander. Perhaps one of the most unique and famous beasts on this list is the Rhinelander Hodag. <laughs> I don't know. That, that word is crazy. This creature is so famous among northern Wisconsinites that even its own monument and country music festival. It's first reported in 1893 to have the head of a frog, the grinning face of a giant elephant, thick short legs set off by huge claws, the back of a dinosaur, and a long tail with spears on the end. Sadly, the creature was soon revealed to be a hoax by the man who claimed to discover it, but the legend of the hodag still carries on to this day. That's so sad. I hate hoaxes, because I always want to give credence to everything anybody finds. Like, if they told me that they found a dinosaur, I would believe them <laughs> at first, and then I'd try and research it and make sure it was true. But I want to believe that we haven't discovered everything and that we don't know everything that's out there. So I digress. Back to the list. All right. Number six, Rocky of Rocky Lake, Lake Mills. Moving just east of Madison lies the community of Lake Mills and Rock Lake. The curious thing about Rock Lake is that if you dive down in certain parts of the lake, you can find small pyramid-like structures. These mounds were believed to be created by the Aztlan natives, where the lake water levels were much lower. Among these ruins and the vegetation, one can supposedly discover Rocky, a large serpentine stake, or large serpentile reptile. Rocky is said to dwell among the deeper sections of the lake and reappear near the surface occasionally. Many reports occurred during the late 1800s of fishermen who would have violent encounters with the beast. The, these locals would encounter Rocky by their boats and along the shore when they would be where they would be traumatized once sighting the incognito beast hissing at them. All right, very cool. And that's just one state, a couple of things that they've seen. So I always, always like the stuff that people see. All right. All right. I'm on WNC Magazine, where they have an article about legends and lore of Western North Carolina. Now, I'm not going to read all of these, but there are some that I would like to note, such as the Moon-Eyed People, a world clothed in secret and mystery. From elves to fairies to leprechauns, various world cultures pass on stories of small beings of yore who still provide ending narratives, enduring narratives. But few such tales rival that of the Moon-Eyed People, a.k.a. the Cherokee Little People, which the Cherokee called, in their native tongue, the Yunui Sundi. The Cherokee or oral history paints a rich tapestry of interactions with the Little People, as ethnographer James Mooney found in the late 1880s, when he lived among the tribe and wrote the seminal works Myths of the Cherokee. In it, he recounted a dim but persistent tradition that kept cropping up. Accounts differed on the particulars, but were consistent on the basics. The little people were said to grow only about three feet tall. They couldn't see in the light, and perhaps accounting for their nocturnal activities, had larger than normal eyes, and they lived underground or in caves. They were either light-skinned or clad in white, 
and their men growing flowing beards. They possessed magical knowledge and practices, and alternated between living in helpful accord with the Cherokee and finding conflict with them. Even today, some authors point to supposed discoveries of small skeletons and the remains of subterranean domiciles to authenticate the stories of the little people. Perhaps the most complete compendium on the subject, The Secrets and Mysteries of the Cherokee Little People, was authored in 1998 by Lynn King Losaya, a member of the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians. The story offered stories offer a window into the world of clothed in secret and mystery, she noted, along with lessons about living with neighbors who are both decidedly different and share your common ground. New Loch Ness Monster Sighting Proves Mythological Creature is Real. All right, this was written November 2022 by Laura Sharman. The existence of the Loch Ness Monster has been proven according to a veteran Nessie hunter who spotted a mysterious presence in the water. Owen O'Fadigan, 58, said he got the shock of his life when he saw a strange black shape in the loch, estimated to be 10 feet long. He immediately started a screen recording and believes the image could bring the legendary lake monster from folklore to reality. The webcam footage was compared to a creature like Nessie, depicted in the 2007 film Water Horse. I noticed a splash and a movement on the screen coming into view on the right and a long black shape, he said. I got excited because it remained on the surface of the water, moving very slowly, unlike a large fish that would leap out of the water but would then submerge. The object was no fish, or log for that matter. It was moving in a controlled speed, slow, unlike a log which moves with the current. I believe it is a live creature. Aon often logs on to watch the water via webcam from his home in County Donegal, Ireland. Over the years, he has racked up multiple entries in the official Loch Ness Monster sightings register. But he thinks the images captured on Saturday night might finally clinch the case for Nessie. I believe in the Loch Ness Monster after witnessing a live sighting in July 1987. I think my video and photos on Saturday have proven the existence of the monster and brought her from folklore to reality. The sighting was captured at the Shoreland Lodges near Fort Augustus on the loch's southern shore, using a webcam maintained there by Visit Inverness Loch Ness. The sighting lasted approximately 10 minutes. A video of the first four minutes, which has been sped up for the sake of brevity, clearly shows the shape's movement across the water. Mr. O'Fadigan's who works as a hospital clerk, described what he saw as a very strange-looking creature, believes it could represent an unknown species. He said there's a tail in shaded gray, a black, round, curved hump in the center, and what looks like a fin near the front of the creature. All right, we go now to Wanderlust, where they have an article by Peter Moore that says six mythological creatures that may exist and where to find them. Number one, the bunyip, Australia. What is it? A large, malevolent creature, the bunyip is said to lurk in swamps, billabongs, creeks, and waterholes across southern and eastern Australia. Descriptions are scarce, and those who have encountered it were too terrified to note its appearance. 
but it is said to combine characteristics of an emu and a crocodile. Where to look? The Murray River and its associated waterways have long been a hotbed of sightings. If that proves fruitless, drop by Sturt Reserve in Moray Bridge in South Australia, where you'll find a coin-operated bunyip down by the riverfront. They talk about the chupacabra, killing more than 150 goats in this town. They call it an alien creature. The Dobhar Chu, Ireland. Half otter, half dog. With a haunting screech, this creature has terrorized coastal islands for centuries. The earliest encounter was in the 17th century when the Dobhar Chu allegedly killed a woman when she was washing clothes down at Glenade Low in country Latrim. Where to look? The last known sighting of the creature was on Ome Island in Connemara in County Galway. Failing that, the headstone of the woman killed in the 17th century features a depiction of the creature. You'll find it on Conwall Cemetery. Alright, very cool. This one looks like a long-necked dinosaur. Oh, I'm going to kill this name. Mokele Membe, Republic of the Congo. The Mokele Membe is Africa's version of the Loch Ness Monster, a giant herbivore with a long neck and a small head with a love of deep water closely resembling the extinct Sauropoda. Where to look? Lake in the Congo River Basin. Be warned, all previous expeditions mounted to find evidence of the creature have failed, including one for the joint BBC and Discovery Channel documentary. Alright. The Yeti. Alright, the Kappa in Japan. This is a water spirit, I think. The kappa, or water child, is a scaly humanoid with reptilian skin that inhabit the ponds and rivers of Japan. They are portrayed as mischievous troublemakers and used by parents to warn children of the dangers lurking in water. Where to look? Kappa are said to be most prevalent in Saga Prefecture on the southern Japanese island of Kyushu, but, you have, but have been reported all over Japan. It has been suggested that the kappa is based on the hanzaki, a large aggressive salamander that grabs its prey with its powerful jaws. You'll find them in Kyushu as well. Alright, pretty cool. The top 10 most mysterious creatures of modern times. Alright. Number one is the Yeti, Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Vast number of people citing it. Number two is the Loch Ness Monster. And many like it, seen all across New England. Right, the Chupacabra that's been mentioned in like every episode, or every article I've seen today. The Jersey Devil. The Mothman. Elves and Fairies. Alright, here's a story on fairies I haven't read before. On a summer night in 1919, 13-year-old Harry Anderson claimed to have seen a column of 20 little men marching in single file, made visible by the bright moonlight. He noted they were dressed in leather, 
knee pants with suspenders. The men were shirtless, bald, and had pale white skin. They ignored young Harry as they passed, mumbling something intelligible all the while. Elves and fairies were considered quite real in past cultures and were a familiar part of their rich folklore. In today's technological society, perhaps, we simply replace them in our imaginations with little gray aliens. That is very true. All right, the Dover Demon. Dover, Massachusetts was the location of a sighting of a bizarre creature for a few days beginning April 21, 1977. Although the creature, which became known as the Dover Demon, was only seen by a few people in this short period of time, it is considered one of the most mysterious creatures of modern times. The first sighting was made by 17-year-old Bill Bartlett as he and three friends were driving north near the New England town at around 10.30 at night. Through the darkness, Bartlett claimed to have seen an unusual creature creeping along a, lone, a low stone wall on the side of the road, something he had never seen before and could not identify. The other boys did not see it, but it was obvious to them that Bartlett was shaken by the experience. When he arrived home, he told his father about his experience and sketched a drawing of the creature. Just a few hours after Bartlett's sighting, at 12.30 a.m., John Baxter swore he saw the same creature while walking home from his girlfriend's house. The 15-year-old boy saw it with its arms wrapped around the trunk of a tree. His description of the thing matched Bartlett's exactly. The final sighting was reported the next day by another 15-year-old, Abby Bryn Brabham, a friend of one of Bill Bartlett's friends, who said it appeared briefly in the car's headlights while she and her friends were driving. Again, the description was consistent. This is the creature they allegedly saw. About four feet tall, on two legs, hairless body with rough-textured skin, long, spindly, peach-colored limbs, a large watermelon-shaped head, nearly as big as its body, large, glowing orange eyes. Right. Again, lots of people researched and investigated this and found nothing. Number eight, the Loveland Lizard. Alright, the scene in the early hours of March 3rd, 1972. A police officer is cruising on Riverside Avenue, which runs for a few blocks along the Little Miami River in Loveland, Ohio. On the side of the road, he sees what he first thinks is a dog lying there. He slows his vehicle on the icy road to avoid hitting the animal, should it get up and run in front of him. He nears the animal and stops his patrol car, at which point the creature quickly stands on two legs to a crouching position. Illuminating the creature with his headlights, the officer can now clearly see that it is not a dog, but something he cannot explain. It's three to four feet tall, 50 to 75 pounds, leathery skin, possibly wet, matted hair on its body that made it look textured, possibly a short tail. A head and face like a frog or a lizard. Whatever this creature was, it looked at the officer briefly, then leaped over the road's guardrail toward the river. The officer reported the odd sighting to the police dispatcher, then later returned to the scene of the incident with another officer. All they found was evidence that something had scraped the hillside on its way down to the river. The creature may have been completely forgotten had not a second police officer seen it again two weeks later. The second officer was at first thought to be lying in the middle of the road. It was a dog, a roadkill. 
When he got out of his car to haul it to the side of the road, it got up, climbed over the guardrail this time, while all while keeping its eyes on the officer, and disappeared towards the river. His description of the creature pointed out the same frog-like characteristics. A subsequent investigation uncovered only one possible sighting around the same time. A farmer claimed to have some kind of large lizard-like creature. It thereafter became known as the Loveland Lizard, or Loveland Frog. Alright, number nine, Living Dinosaurs. We're all awestruck by the incredibly realistic digital effects on the Jurassic Park movies, right? And tantalized by the possibility that cloning of long-exceeded dinosaurs might one day be possible. But what if dinosaurs are still alive? What if some dinosaurs have somehow survived extinction to coexist with us today? Some people believe they actually might have. For over 200 years, rare but fascinating reports have filtered out of dense, isolated rainforests of Africa and South America that native tribes, some of which live very much as they have for thousands of years, were familiar with large creatures that can only be described as resembling sauropods, like the Apatosaurus. The tribes had names for them, such as Jagonini, or Giant Diver, Dingonek, Ol. Umaini and Chikbekwe. In 1913, Captain Frere von Stein du Losnitz, a German explorer, was told by pygmies of a fearsome creature they would call the Mokele Mimbe, stopper of rivers. This is something, this is the description of the Mokele Mimbe provided by the natives. Smooth brownish gray skin, approximately the size of an elephant, at least that of a hippopotamus, possibly about 30 feet long, a long, flexible neck, a vegetarian diet, but would kill humans if they came too close. During an expedition to search for the Mole, Mokele Mimbe in 1980, cryptozoologist Roy Mackle and herpetologist James Powell allegedly showed pictures of local animals to the natives, all of which they correctly identified. When shown them an illustration of a long sauropod, they identified it as a Mokele Mimbe. Aside from the testimony of these tribes' people, the evidence for living dinosaurs is scant. Supposedly, a few explorers have found extraordinary large footprints, and in 1992, a Japanese expedition is said to have had about 15 seconds of film footage taken from an airplane that shows some large shape moving in water, leaving a V-shaped wake. Unfortunately, it cannot be identified. Recent expeditions in search of the Mokele Mimbe have taken place. They explored the Lakula region in the Congo for four weeks with the official mission objective of a scientific investigation and analysis of reports of a living dinosaur. Unfortunately, again, they returned empty-handed. Oh, I've heard of this one. Number 10, Spring-Heeled Jack. He appeared out of the shadows of the 19th century London Knights, attacked his victims with dreadful scratches, then bounded away with superhuman ability before he could be apprehended. The case of Spring-Heeled Jack, as his creature came to be known, is one of the most baffling to come out of Victorian England, and one that has never been solved or fully explained. According to the most accounts of the story, the attacks began in 1837 in southwest London, Polly Adams, a pub worker, was one of three women accosted by Springhill Jack in September of that year. 
He allegedly tore her blouse off and scratched her stomach with iron-like fingernails or claws. His victims painted a bizarre portrait of the ghoul, man-like but a hideous face, sharp iron-like claws, fingernails, tall, thin, and powerful, glowing eyes, able to spit blue flames from his mouth, wore a dark cloak over a tight-fitting white oilskin suit, and according to some, a helmet, and able to jump incredible heights and distances to get away. The attacks continued in early 1838, prompting official action by the Lord Mayor of London, who declared him a public nuisance and resulting in at least one vigilante group that systematically tried to capture the creature, all without success. Rumors of sightings persisted in the 1850s, 60s, and 70s. In these cases, he is said to have frightened people with his appearance, slapped army sentries, and in each case leaped away to the astonishment and frustration of those who tried to catch him. Interestingly, Springhill Jack never killed or seriously hurt anyone, except 18-year-old Lucy Scales, who was reportedly blinded temporarily by searing blue flames Jack vomited on her face. Who or what Springhill Jack? Chances are we will never know and he will remain one of the most mysterious creatures in modern times. Alright, very cool. And let's take a break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's see here. We go now to Listverse, where they have a article by David Tormson, 10 Modern Encounters with Mythological Creatures. Forget UFOs, stories of sightings of creatures from folklore and legend are rife on the internet and social media throughout the world. Here are 10 alleged modern encounters with mythological beings. Number 10, Recognition of the Worm, spelled W-Y-R-M. Alright, we've talked before about the pervasive belief in elves in Iceland. While concerns over habitats of these invisible people have affected highway construction, but elves aren't the only mythological creature enjoying the official recognition in the country. Lake Lagarflat. near Egilstadir in eastern Iceland is home to something <laughs> that is a big long name for a legendary sea serpent or worm monster that has been subject to folk tales since the 14th century. In 2012, a YouTube video of a mysterious shape moving in a strange manner beneath ice became the internet sensation, with many believing that it was definitive proof of the ancient creature, Finnish researcher Misa McCown disagreed, analyzing the video and using the screen captures to prove that this apparently moving body was actually stationary in the water. It was probably nothing more than an ice, icy fishing net or a piece of cloth. 
The local government, however, formed a truth commission to determine whether the footage was real, and if the maker of the video was, and if the maker of the video was entitled to a four thousand dollar payout, which the council had offered for proof of the beast. Seven out of thirteen members of the panel ruled that the footage was real. This was surely the result of sober-minded consideration of facts and nothing to do with local tourism industry. <laughs> uh, we've already read about the mermaids of Kuryat Yam in, I think, 2010 or somewhere around there. Um, Dragons over China. Two students at Jilin University in China were walking out of a library in August 2014 when one of them suddenly spotted something. The other student quickly captured the strange phenomenon on his cell phone camera, later describing it as a 10 meter long, 33 feet, red flying creature with four legs and a tail. It was allegedly flying at a high altitude and radiated a low metallic light that increased in intensity before it vanished into the southeast. In the past, Chinese dragons have reportedly turned up on news broadcasts, security camera footage, even as far away as Buddhist temples in Penang, Malaysia. In 2004, an amateur photographer on the way to attend an opening ceremony of the Singhai to Xizang Railway in Tibet's Amdo region captured images of an airplane from an airplane window of two long-scaled creatures flying above the Himalayas. See, those are the stories I like. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if they were real. Okay. Number seven, Zimbabwe's goblin crisis. Goblins are a problem of increasing concern in Zimbabwe. In 2012, schoolgirls from the St. Sebastian Secondary School in Bulawayo fled screaming after they were allegedly attacked in their classroom by goblins resembling dwarves that transformed into baboons. These evil spirits are are known as Zvikwambo in the Shona language and are believed to only be visible to those whom they attack. Apparently, vicious mermaids frighten, frightening workers sent to install water pumps on reserves have also been identified as Zvikwambo. These goblins have been accused for everything from invading marital beds to demanding sexual favors to attacking nurses and the police. Even politicians have not escaped associations with the little troublemakers. A local businessman named Isa Mutfumi was forced to defend himself against accusations of using goblins to entice people to purchase his goods. Workers at Mutfumi's head office discovered a goblin resembling a snake in, in a bottle full of human blood. An alleged photo of Mutfumi's goblin went viral among Zimbabweans on Facebook and WhatsApp. For his part, Mutfumi has denied everything and claims that the accusations originate from rivals jealous of his land acquisitions. I am a devoted Christian, and I'm not into goblins. It is sad that for every successful deed, there are always people who are determined to bring you down. Alright, we've read about the Falcon's Nest pixie skeleton. That is so cool. Um, the Taniwan Google Earth. In late 2014, New England engineer Peter Whitehira was using Google Earth to view the area around Oak Bay on New Zealand's North Island 
when he spotted something unusual. Whitehira, who owns property on the bay, was viewing satellite images to plan the building of a beach chalet when he spotted what he believed was the wake of a giant sea creature of Mori legend. He told the Daily Mail, the native Mori would call this a taniwa, as it appears to be a whale, but is far too big to be, it appears not to be a whale, but is far too big to be a shark. It is moving too fast and turning too sharply to be a whale. He dismissed the idea that it was the wake of a recreational boat, as there were no characteristics white foam that would be expected from a motor. Experts analyzing the images dismissed these claims, saying that a lack of white foam in the wake would not be unusual for a small recreational boat about five meters long, with one researcher claiming that the photo would be consistent with a catamaran traveling at several knots. Taniwa, which are dragon-like guardian spirits of Mori legend, have turned up in the Kiwi media before. In 2011, a spat erupted between Auckland City Council and Nagati Watu tribe over a planned railway tunnel through an area believed to be inhabited by one of the elusive creatures. An advocate for Mori interest asked the council what was being done to protect the Taniwa leading to a disgruntled counselor to complain that the advocate was letting off the T-bomb. All right, we've already read about the Alabama leprechaun. Number three, the Naga protests. Protests erupted in the village of Ban Khan Sai in northeast Thailand after a local man named Sion Chomkamsinga discovered an object while fishing in a nearby pond in April 2015. It was a bronze figurine of a naga, a snake-like creature from Buddhist cosmology, but Cyan claimed that when he first discovered it, the object was slimy and wriggling, only turning bronze when it came in contact with the air. Police confiscated the figurine in order to deliver it to the Department of Fine Arts to determine its historical value and were surrounded by a jeering mob of 300 faithful pilgrims who believed the object to be the actual body of a naga. The police managed to get the figurine into a van after some negotiations, but the angry mob tried to break its windows. The Department of Fine Arts determined that the object was less than 30 years old and returned it to the undoubtedly embarrassed police, then released it to Sion. When a hundred-strong crowd of pilgrims protested in front of police headquarters, while the police suspect Sion of defrauding the pilgrims, he maintains that the figurine represents the genuine remains of a naga. Number two, the Jinn divorce. In 2014, a man of the United Arab Emirates was granted the right to divorce his wife after he discovered she was possessed by a supernatural spirit known as a jinn. The supposed possession apparently manifested itself in the wife's refusal to have sex with him. She was told she then told him to discuss the matter with her family, who told him the religious scholars had failed several times to exercise the spirit. The Dubai Sharia court granted the man the divorce and ordered him to pay alimony of $11,000, which was later repealed because the woman hadn't been honest about the jinn possession. Belief in jinn spirits originated with pre-Islamic Abrahamic or Arabian mythology and today is still exists in immigrant populations in the West. All right. Ahmed al 
Khatib of Manchester, accused of murdering his wife, pleaded not guilty to murder charges on mental health grounds. He claimed to have seen his wife in the form of a terrifying jinn, which made him push her away. She died when she hit her head on a piece of furniture. One witness claimed that he had earlier said that his wife, she is not a woman, I will kill her. Frankly, if anyone was possessed by jinn, it was probably Al-Khatib himself, who later freaked out in the middle of the courtroom, grabbed an interpreter by the neck, and shoved him against the wall. All right. This one is about the Philippines, but it's not the one that we just mentioned. The Aswang Attacks. Of the many tales of monsters in Filipino folklore, one of the strongest influence in the modern world is that of the Aswang, a shape-shifting, blood-drinking creature that preys on humans and animals at night. It has ill-defined features and powers. Some say it can transform into a pig or a dog. Others that it can separate the front half of its body and fly around, and still others it has a long tongue to suck unborn babies from their mother's wombs. In 2014, an anonymous text caused panic. Warning to everyone in Batangas, don't loiter around at night. A group of a swing riding a big truck from Capiz Kemsur is already in Stowe Thomas. Don't trust anyone you don't know. This is not a joke. From Police Tahon. The local police denied any such report and believed the whole story to be a hoax. But belief in the creature has also led to tragedy. In 2014, a 70-year-old woman in Bacalod City was beheaded by her own son when he became convinced she was in that swing. The previous year, in the same city, a drunken man beat his neighbor to death, believing he was a cannibalistic swing. And in 2013, a man hacked his mute daughter and sent her into critical condition at a hospital in a case of apparent swing mistaken identity. It just goes to show that mytho- mythological creatures can hold a candle to vicious human stupidity. We go to Live Science again, where they have an article, How Scientists Caught Footage of the Kraken After a Series of Searching, by Brandon Spector. Alright. <sighs> Archidtoothus ducks, the world's largest known squid, is surprisingly camera shy. The elusive giant squid has wriggled its way into folklore for thousands of years, inspiring tales of fearsome krakens with bodies as large as islands. In reality, a ducks is a tad smaller than that, capable of growing about 46 feet, about 14 meters long, about the length of a semi-trailer. But despite their size, the cephalopods are almost never seen in water. Most observations of the behemoths come from dead or dying squids that wash up on shores or become ensnared by deep-sea trawling nets. That finally changed in 2012 when a team of marine scientists filmed a young aducts in its natural habitat, about 2,000 feet below the sea south of Japan. Now a study published online in the Journal of Deep Sea Research Part 1, Oceanographic research paper delves into why these giants of the deep are so elusive and explains how a team of researchers was able to capture the first footage of a ducks in its natural environment in 2012 and again in 2019 in the gulf of mexico according to the study authors the creature's evasiveness is due in part to its enormous eyes 
Giant squids can live thousands of feet below the Earth's surface, or the ocean surface. Very little sunlight can penetrate this deep, so to adapt, the giant squid evolved the largest eyes in the animal kingdom. Each of these cephalopods, piers, are about as large as a basketball, roughly three times in diameter of any other animal. These huge eyes not only help giant squids make their way around the deep, dark ocean, but probably also make them extra sensitive to the to the bright lights that marine researchers mount to their submersibles and underwater cameras. The sensitivity could explain why giant squids are so hard to find in their natural habitats. By the time a research vehicle reaches a squid's swimming grounds, the squid has long since fled the craft's light and vibrations. Do, do, do. To correct this over-illuminations, the researchers involved in 2012 and 2019 sightings turned down the lights on the submersible. After reaching the desired depths, the medusa, as it was called, turned off its lights and stopped moving, allowing creatures of the deep to come to it rather than actively navigating across the bottom of the sea. The team also illuminated its camera with a dim red light instead of the bright white lights typically used on expeditions like these, capitalizing on the natural deep sea color blindness. Many deep sea species, including squid, have monochromatic visual systems that are adapted to blue light rather than the long wavelength red light, the researchers wrote in a study. Using red light may be less obtrusive method of illuminating deep sea species for videography. Do, do, do. All right, cool. They found it. So that's cool. I think this is possible with other things as well. You know, the Kraken is real. There's also an article by NPR, The Kraken is Real, Scientist Films First Footage of the Giant Squid. Um, so that's always really cool. There's any number of sites you can go to for fairy sightings and see all of the fairy sighting stories that are really cool. And I know I've done a couple episodes on fairies. I haven't done one in a while. I might have to do one soon. But yeah, those are always fascinating to read. All right, we go to an article by The Guardian. Prepare for a wave of extraterrestrial sightings in the UK, says UFO expert. This was written this year by Robin Venter. When unidentified flying objects began being spotted over the US and Canada, there was quite a stir among amateur ufologists. UFO discussion forums lit up with the theories about the origins and purposes of these floating entities, where they were sent by intelligent life forms from outer space, or was there an explanation closer to home? Now experts have said the UK could be about to see a wave of sightings in its skies too, thanks to this renewed interest in extraterrestrial contact. Floor Four flying objects of vastly different shapes and sizes have been shot down by U.S. authorities in less than two weeks, and while one is confirmed to be a Chinese balloon, authorities are dark on the other three. Until analysis is done on the recovered pieces, the U.S. Air Force, generally tasked with safeguarding U.S. airspace, Glenn Van Herc said the military would be unable to identify what the three most recent objects were, how they stayed aloft, and where they came from. Asked whether he had ruled out extraterrestrials, Van Herc said, I'll let the intel community and counterintelligence community figure that out. 
I haven't ruled anything out. Joe McGonagall, one of the UK's foremost amateur UFO researchers and an authority on apparent sightings on that side of the Atlantic, says the story had provoked a reaction on UFO social media in the UK, which many inclined to believe something otherworldly is going on. There is a spectrum of belief, if you like, with people from with thoughts similar to my own, to people who think that this is a wave of aliens coming in, said McGonagall. He does not believe little green men have visited, although nor does he think humans are alone in the universe. I don't doubt extraterrestrial life exists. I think statistically there's a very high probability that it does, but I do doubt very much that it's actually visiting Earth. McGonagall has spent decades poring over former the classified Ministry of Defense documents in the National Archives to find out what the government knows about suspected alien visitations, which he used to believe were being kept secret from the public. But I eventually came to the conclusion, basically, that people like myself actually know more about them than the authorities do. After studying many unexplained sightings, he said some things were destined to remain a mystery, even if it was human nature to fill in the blanks. There's things which, on the face, can't be explained immediately, but there's still a thousand and one possibilities what they could be, not just alien spaceships. But even evidence to the contrary is often not enough to deter hardiest of alien hunters from their belief that there is a conspiracy to keep them secret. I think, in all probability, these are balloons of some kind, operated by someone. When the U.S. authorities turn around and say that, there are going to be elements of the UFO curious community who will not believe it anyway. They're going to say, oh, it's just a cover-up. And people are likely to report a wave of UFO sightings as a result of these cases. I'd expect a rash of UFO reports from people who don't normally look at the sky suddenly looking at the sky, seeing things they don't recognize and reporting them. The British UFO Research Association told The Guardian there had been a slight increase in people getting in touch with sightings, but both it and McGonagall said the real increase would probably come in the next few weeks. Alright, so to end this episode, what do I really think is out there? You know, I'm very open-minded about what could exist. Is it, you know, with when it comes to the cryptids, is it a very endangered species that's very reclusive and keeps to themselves, except for when they're seen sometimes? <laughs> I don't know. Who's to say? But I don't know. I would love to research where this mythology came from. Um it's just so fascinating and intricate, um, all of these things. So whether they are, some people say like, for instance, the Cyclops of Greece were really this ancient megafauna, which is like a ancient elephant, but it looked like its trunk was one eye or whatever. So like different things like that, like where did they come from? What started the rumor kind of thing? Just like the kappa in Japan could be a salamander that grabs stuff with his jaws and stuff like that. I find it fascinating, and I am not discrediting any of it yet. <laughs> I would need proof, actual proof to do that. So, I always find cryptozoology pretty fun topic, pretty cool to look into. Um, and I can literally pick you know, throw a dart at a map 
and pretty much do a whole episode on that country's or that state's specific cryptozoology that they've encountered. So (laughs) with that being said, I'm sure I will do many more cryptozoology episodes and things like that. What I do want to point out is all of the modern time stuff, you know, the Monagal thing in the Philippines being seen recently and the, you know, Mexican president posting about an elf, but maybe for political reasons. So takes away from the credence a little bit. All of these sightings and all of these people seeing the same thing. It's the same whenever I go throughout any of my episodes, whether it's Bigfoot or mermaids or whatever it is, there's always sightings. And I always want to talk to these people and be like, are you telling the truth? I I want to believe you. (laughs) Because I do think it's cool and it keeps magic alive in the world where we feel like we know everything. So, yeah. (laughs) And if it is UFOs, I don't know. I don't know. Because some reports were like, it's messing with our instruments. And then other reports were like, never mind, no, it wasn't. (laughs) We shot it down. I think it's pretty arrogant of us as humans to think that an alien race would have technology and the capability to cross light years or dimensions and would still be vulnerable to our missiles. (laughs) But that's just me. So I digress. (laughs) Thank you for being a part of today's episode. It was really fun to make. I always love cryptid episodes. Um, I do think things are out there that we don't understand. I think it's very arrogant of us again to think that we've discovered every single thing that exists. In the days of smartphones and cameras at a moment's notice, I really, I don't know. It makes you question some of the sightings. Like, why didn't you take a picture of it now? So for all those recent sightings, I want some camera evidence. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to join us on our Facebook page, Paranormal Stories, Spooky Shiz. Spooky Shiz is in parentheses in that title. And connect with me there. It's a great way to submit your story for future episodes and be a part of the community. All right. Thank you for being a part of today again. (laughs) And stay spooky, my friends.